I'm pulling up the discussion points from. All right. Season two, episode nine, between two sheets. Hopefully make it through this one without any snafus, but we covered quite well. We did. Well, Carter handled it quite well. well. Yes. What a good episode that was. Just a quick recap. We had Carter, a young man from New York. Carter Medved. Carter Medved, who started his own website on curling. Uh, Listen to episode eight. I highly recommend it. It's going to be one of our best. It was solid. We need to get our swag bag put together. Let's yeah. do that when we're done here. Okay, deal. We got new hats and stuff in, so ready we, to go. We uh, we have Clay um, coming in from a, an undisclosed location again. Clay, say Clay, hi. Clay, yeah, how are you? Yep, not so bad, no. Can, uh, can you tell us anything about where you're at, or is that uh, highly classified? Um, there's two sinks, a shower, and a toilet. A bunker? Are you in a bunker? And some and some and some kids screaming around here somewhere. Oh, you're at home. Mm. Live, live from my bathroom. Was oh, that's why you're in the bathroom. You're hiding from the kids, huh? Was yeah. the weather a little too bad to drive uh, down Burdick and come to the curling club tonight, or no, no? I had to. I had to get my kids ready for bed. Okay. Okay. Fair. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, uh, like I said, new episode here, pretty close to the last one that we released. So I don't think we have to spend a whole lot of time on club updates. Do you guys have anything that you kind of want to touch on before we get into uh, today's episode and today's guest? Hats came in at the club. Um, they're on the table. Come get some swag. Yep. That's all I got. Yeah. Nice new green hats. We didn't get the same ones as we had last year. These ones are close to. There's more than just the green. There's also the pink ladies. Well, but we had those last year. These are the new additions. Yes. 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 But uh, clothing order is done as well. So if you didn't get it in too bad, so sad. Yep. All right. Cool. Um, Well, we got another guest, like I said, coming in today. Coming in today. We're going to call him in. Uh, Evan Working. A man that's well-known in the North Dakota curling scene, uh, runs working curling supplies. He's also had a very successful high-performance curling career. Uh, Wes is just down. Wes, by the way, I think I lost you. Oh, I'm still here, Clay. Can you hear me? Clay, there? All right, we're going to call Evan and try to get back to Clay. We're going to call Evan and get back to Clay. Uh, We're trying to three-way You could text him and tell him he's on hold. Okay. Uh, he'll figure it out. He will. He's hey, Wes, it's going? Hey, Evan, we're uh, it's going good here. We're uh, recording at the Curling Club, so Thursday Night League is finishing up, if you can hear them in the background. Um, I got Clay on hold here, so I'm going to merge those calls, um, and then we'll be ready to go. All right. Everybody should be here. Clay, can you chime in? Yep. No, I can hear you. Okay, All good right. deal. Evan, you still with us? Yeah, I'm with you. All right, awesome. We are recording here at the Curling Club now. So uh, Evan Working of Working Curling Supplies, a uh, friend of the club. Uh, how are you doing? I, I know you're busy tonight, so thank you for squeezing us in. Good, good. Yeah, I'm out here in Devil's Lake curling in the uh, the club state, Dakota Territory uh, club playdowns right now. So. Oh, that's the Bonsville. Uh, I was yeah. going to ask what Bonsville you were curling, and this is Nolan here. Uh, how uh, Just first draw tonight, or how long have yeah. you guys been at her? Yeah, first draw just got done. Um, went well. Uh, pulled out the first game here, and uh, they're still playing. Uh, still, still finishing up some of the rest of the games. But uh, pretty turnout, like fourteen teams uh, on the on the men's side and uh, four on the women's. So big event. I want to say that's more than last year. I think there is what eleven or something last year. They had a couple, or am I off there? Do you know? I, don't know, I think there was like five or six. I think I heard. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a uh, big increase, which is always great to see. Yeah, how's the Devil's Lake Club this year? They got uh, pretty keen ice. How are things for them? 
Awesome. Uh, it's pretty good. I know uh, Rudy Blumquist and uh, Ned Sampson have got it rocking and rolling here. So uh, tons of curl, fast ice. It's uh, fun to play on. Great, great. Um, so where are we going to start here, Evan? Um, you've had quite a long curling career. Um, you know, do we want to go back chronologically? How'd you, how'd you get into curling? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, super young, I guess. Um, 12 years old, didn't really have a, didn't really have a winter sport. Uh, basketball was not my friend and, uh, I think hockey, you got to start uh, skating before you can actually walk. So uh, uh, luckily enough, um, parents curled back in the 80s on Williston. And, uh, you know, when we got a little bit older and we, we lived and uh, moved to Fargo, um, needed that winter sport. And we saw it on TV on the Olympics and uh, thought, hey, what the heck, let's go and give her a try. And uh, we've been able to really get me off the ice much ever since. So, yeah. So at that time, um, you know, did Fargo's have, Fargo have like an established juniors program or were you curling in adult leagues? You know, funny enough, it was the first year they had actually started the youth program. I had no idea up until like, I don't know, a handful of years ago, I was talking to, to Frank Podol in our club, who was kind of the one that spearheaded that and has done a great job for many, many years. Um, he's like, no, you guys were the first year. And, you know, the club kind of rallied around it. I know the year before, before the Olympics, um, big Olympic boost, like the, the club was kind of in rough shape. You know, there wasn't a ton of membership. And ever since our youth program got kicked off, it just seems like a lot of us are still around from that initial um year and big members of the club now so it was uh junior curling has always been pretty important to me just ever since then yeah well that's great it it is nice being the the first one in there and i i think you know we just started up a juniors program clay actually that's that's mostly his baby um i'm really hoping we get similar results in the long run awesome yes yes nothing but great things to say about it and you know and ever since then our club's always put a big emphasis on it and the membership has always rallied around it and um you know it's just given a lot back to our club so it was it was great to see the investment that that, that the members put in for it and you know we've just blown it ever since then. how many how many do you have in there now oh, it kind of ranges between like 100 to, to 120 just depending on kind of the years and who kind of moves up to some of the adults it's just great you see some kids that um, get more competitive and a lot of the junior kids have gotten more competitive over the last few years we've got a ton of people um, junior teams that that go and play down and you know the u21s or the u18s um, so that's great so you see a lot of them moving up in the adult leagues and kind of giving it to some of the adults which is great um you know it kind of makes the, the rest of the adults kind of raise their hand a little bit no um, I, it's always fun to see i can see that yeah yeah so, uh, oh no, you're, you're, so evan just kind of looking back at uh when you started in juniors and kind of started progressing to more of a, a competition level of play um what's some of the steps that you, you took and, and just kind of take us through that journey of, of how you went from that's exactly what's gonna be my question was how did you get into high performance this, curling the, the second up. week it's happened yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh yeah just, just kind of the journey tell us a little bit about that sure um man i was always like digging you know football and baseball and you know we were taught on emotion right so um you know i got some after my first year i didn't i didn't play with my friends i just kind of was like a solo kid that you know i did it which, which is totally fine but then the next year i was like i want to i want to do this again but i want to play with my friends and you know got some other kids out there that i was that closer with closer with and um you know we had like a little junior tournament in the club and you know we, we kind of excelled at it we were all pretty good athletes in general um, so kind of started to excel there and I was like, this is fun, you know, the competitiveness in it I really liked, but it was tough to kind of calm down and tame that emotion some, which was fine. Um, but you know, I wanted to do that and be a part of it. And, and after that, that first year we did it, the next year my parents were like, Hey, they have a high school state tournament. And I was like, Oh, sweet, you know, like anything else you'd seen, you know, there's always high school state tournaments you see on TV with 
you know, like football and basketball and stuff like that. So um, we went for that. We got our butts kicked pretty bad that first year. We lost every game. Yeah. And, and it was cool. It was actually a guy from the Minot Curling Club, um, that guy. He was like, hey, our first year we lost every game. And I think we were in the finals that year. And, um, you know, just kind of kept progressing through that. That was pretty much, you know, our Olympics was get ready for high school, high school stage, you know, each year. Finally, my last two years, we kind of broke over that, broke over that threshold, and, and we won the high school state. And that was awesome. They didn't have the U18 nationals then, but I loved it. Then I found out there was U21s, and sure enough, like our state was was top notch there with um, some other really good curlers like Tucker Smith, um, Zach Jacobson. We ended up playing them in our first, you know, our first 21 playdowns. They kicked our kicked our butt. And it was like seeing that again, you know, that level. It's like I want to do what they can do, and it felt like that from when I was younger in high school and seeing like how good the top teams were. I knew what to aim for, so I was always like, I can, I want to do what they can do, and you're always watching those older teams. Um, so each year you try to take something from that and move on and move up. And finally, my you know last couple couple of years of U21s, we get we were fortunate enough to to make the, the U21 nationals. And man, the first national event I went to was actually in Devil's Lake, North Dakota, where I'm at now. Yeah. Uh, and man, like ever since that point, you know, it was, I was hooked our first, you know, and, and even at that one, our first game at the U21 Nationals was against the defending junior world champion. And it was like, holy crap, this is the top level right here. Um, and then, you know, you kind of play with them a little bit. You're like, I can do this. You know, you see that. And again, you're taking those small steps and getting that experience. You're never going to win everything your first time out, which was fine. Um, and, you know, and you kind of handle that, especially like starting at a younger age, doing the high school stuff um, and jumping there. But it was just nice to take those incremental steps and just improve each time, you know, and just and getting better each, each part and taking those learning experiences, getting better. And man, just after you get your taste in your first national event, it was like, you know, I, all I wanted to do was just anything I could to get back there. And, you know, there was a rough year even in between that where we didn't quite make it you know we had the you had the bad loss you know we've all had that shot to win a game and and missed it and you know i had to go through that and learn how it was to 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 have some success and then take a step back and and just trying to improve because like you're on top you know the next team's always chasing you so um learning lessons at a younger age and just kind of kept moving forward with that stuff and um you know, it was exciting stuff. And I was, you know, my last year juniors got to go to Alaska Fairbanks and just seeing how far I got to travel um, with curling. Again, it was just so, so fun. And, you know, hanging out with all your buddies and going to that stuff and meeting people from across the country. Um, you know, we're in North Dakota, you know, we're, we're, you know, there's not a ton of people in the state and, you know, curling clubs are, yeah. are a little bit spaced out. Um, so it's cool that, you know, when you're, you're going across the country and you're, you know, you're hanging out with people that you already know and it was fun, you know, you're part of that, you know, like curling community and that's why I think everybody loves it. And, um, you know, just kind of kept taking, t- taking off and building from there. Yeah. I wish I had uh, more comparable experiences to uh, ask you more questions in depth there, but uh, you know, um, so, so you yeah. did uh, the under 21, you know, and you, you found some success there. Um, after you aged out of the U21, um, I, I believe I, I've read a couple articles that were in the, the Fargo paper there. You know, you were playing for the college team for NDSU um, at that same time, or were you doing that afterwards? Um, am I getting things confused here? Where'd you go from uh, there? Yeah. You know, we were, you know, I was at NDSU and we, we, we all had the, you know, the talk about starting like the NDSU club team because like college growing was just kind of starting to get going. But um, we had like university games that we ended up hosting in Fargo um, that, you know, we play in before that. And, you know, that wasn't a chance for me to kind of continue with some junior level curling. But at the same time, like we won that, we got to go to the university game, like the world university game. So that was a world event. And again, trying to get to that world level, you know, was just a big driving 
driving factor and a lot of that stuff. And, you know, we came up a little bit short there, but that was okay. It was a chance for me to continue on and doing some more of that, you know, higher level curling. Cause, um, you know, going from juniors and then trying to go and play in men's level. I mean, you go from being a better team in juniors to being, you know, not a very good team at the men's level. Um, that was a little hard to swallow, but again, it was like, well, how do we get better? And how do I, you know, how can we do what those guys do? And it was just, you know, you kind of, you know, you hear that cliche a lot, you know, trust the process, but that yeah. was, you know, that was part of it and in, in doing some of that, um, university game. So it's really like, you know, that was just something to continue to do. And, um, as like kind of got older and kind of moved through like the university system. So how was that transition to a competitive men's curling, you know, not the, the juniors or the, the university? Um, you know, uh, I think one of the things I've always loved about the sport is that I, I find most people, you know, like, like yourself, a high performance curler, that's a uh, very approachable, uh, friendly and supportive, you know, was, was that the atmosphere? Um, was it a little bit more formal, uh, or was it intimidating? You know, um, how, how did that go? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all those things, right? Because, like, you come in and you think you're pretty a curler and then you're playing, you know, these guys and you don't even know what's happening around you. I mean, all of a sudden you look at the scoreboard and you thought you'd been playing pretty well and you're down by five and they're kind of like looking at you to shake hands. And, <laughs> and uh, it, it, you know, it was tough. And, and uh, you know, I was learning a new style of curling and how to play at that level. You know, it wasn't just throwing rockets, you know, big weight hits down the ice like you kind of did through juniors. Mm-hmm. Um so again, it took some time to transition through that. And like, we didn't have a ton of coaching, um, growing up in Fargo. We had some, you know, early on to kind of get us going, but, but it was just tough. So like, you had to learn a lot of it, you know, figuring out on your own. Yeah. Taking your lumps. So, you know, we're, you know, you're trying to spend some money and, you know, go out and play these, you know, tour events and some higher level events. And you're, you know, you're spending a lot of money to get some experience, um, you know, for sure. And, and even trying to jump on with, um, you know, it's funny enough, like um, Scott Brown, I play with his, I'm playing with his son, Jordan Brown this weekend. And it's kind of come again, full circle with that, where I'm, I'm leaning on the guy in the club that had been to like a junior worlds back in the day. And, you know, kind of more toward the end of his curling, you know, competitive curling cycle. But he was like, Hey, got these young guys that, you know, want to be a part of it. And he was cool enough to, to play with us and teach us some stuff. I didn't probably know a lot of the life, you know, some of the lessons he was teaching us about curling at the time, but now a little bit older, I'm like, Oh, I get what he was, you know, trying to teach us. And, uh, so, you know, you're never, you're never good. Uh, too good to learn something from somebody and so I always say that like I coach junior kids now and it's just like I don't have all the answers you know talk to everybody that's the great thing about the sport there's always a different way of learning it so um, I wish I would have taken some more of those lessons at a younger age just because I think I kind of maybe would have learned some some things a little bit sooner than I did Um, but even after like he kind of stepped away from the competitive side and I was just kind of on my own skipping my own team with um, you know some of my buddies it it was tough again. Like we had a couple of years where, you know, curling was not that fun. Like it, you know, you spent all that money, you went to all those events and traveled and, you know, you had some good times, but at the same time, it's like, you know, maybe we should just be going on spiels, but, uh, um, you know, that team kind of faded away and, you know, we kind of retooled it. I stepped back from like, even the skipping profile there jumped on with a, with an older guy that has more experience, not an older guy, but a couple of years older than myself. Um, Jeb Bundage and, and still playing with Jordan Jordan Brown at the time and we really uh you know we had a heck of a year like it was a lot of learning things that we went through but we had some success and you finally get over the hump right yeah you, you always say if we can just get over that get over that and make it to the national and it was all those years you know from like your early 20s out of juniors like I don't think we're ever going to make this and all of a sudden getting some guys together that all could kind of 
come with the same plan and, and ideas and, and, um, you know, just kind of move forward with that. And, you know, we had some luck and we got into the men's national and, you know, we were lucky enough to have them in our hometown in Fargo and, and again, had some success there and, you know, wasn't expected by any means. I mean, we were happy to do it. We were competitors and, um, again, it just, it just hooks you. And I think, uh, getting that, getting over the hump there and, and making it to that high level, again, seeing what you have to do to play at that. It's just like a different outlook on the game each time. Like each time you make that next step, it's, it's, you have to kind of rededicate, like you have to dedicate yourself differently. Um, you know, whether that's more time throwing rocks, whether it's thinking about things differently, whether it's, you know, just um, having a team systems and it was just putting a lot of things in place and having a plan and sticking to that. And uh, it just seems like each step of the way we, we came up with some sort of plan and, you know, might not have been the right way, but it was our way. And, you know, you just get the success from that and it's, yeah, it's infectious and you love it. Yeah. Right on. Um, now you talked about getting over that hump and, and kind of how the learning never stops in this game. Now making that transition from, from juniors in, into the men's side of the game, uh, was there a, a professional curler or a local curler or anybody like that that you kind of tailored your game after, or did you just take bits and pieces from from just watching the game and picking things up as you go? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, like I refer back to like maybe Scott Brown, who who had more of like the, you know, more of like the you know, aggressive style gameplay. Um, Want to put a lot of rocks in play. I didn't always agree with it, but again, as I got older and you start to realize like it, we're never going to score points unless we get some rocks in play. And I think it was getting comfortable with, if you're going to throw the last rocks, knowing you're going to have to draw the forefoot, you're gonna have to draw the button a lot because it doesn't always work out that way. And, and taking those opportunities when you have them. So, um, you know, like what I say, like a player, like, you know, you watch stuff on TV, like the Briar and, you know, now you can watch so much more that you can watch the, the strategy that they play and, you know, you might not necessarily be able to execute what you're, what you're watching on, you know, TV or live stream and stuff like that, but you see what they do and what and why they have to do it and just kind of like breaking it down. You know, like, why did they do that? And I think, oh, I think I had a recording of, uh, of some Briar games. Someone given me on like DVD when I was a little bit younger. I would watch like a couple ends over and over and over again, like trying to figure out why. And as like my skill set got better, I was like, okay, now I'm understanding why they're doing this. Because um, we just didn't have a lot of people that could walk me through some of that. And if you didn't, I just, if I didn't know who to ask, you try to watch something and try and mimic it and try and figure out why. Um, so like, I loved watching like Jeff Stoughton back in the day, you know, he was a Manitoba guy, Winnipeg, um, had a tuck delivery just like I did. I wanted to shoot like Jeff Stoughton. Um, I thought that was cool. So I watched a lot of his games um, just to see how they did that stuff. I like seeing a lot of rocks in play. Then I also like seeing like the big hit come down and, you know, it was all of a sudden five rocks would disappear. And I thought that was cool. And I wanted to play like that. So did you ever uh, perfect the Stoughton spinorama? Oh yeah, I uh, I've done the stone spinorama a few times now. I uh, Is that the three sixty. Uh, yeah, pretty smooth. <laughs> I saw Mike McKeown can do it like really well too. Um, yeah, not many guys do it on the on the big scene anymore. But it's it's Stoughton's one that always sticks in my brain too. Growing up watching the Briar and stuff like that with my old man back home, it's just and whether he was up yeah. big or, or or down by quite a bit, you knew it was coming, and the crowd just loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I love watching that. Uh, even on like, have you ever seen the movie Men with Brooms? Um, great movie. Oh, great movie. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Make the cameo on that doing that. I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Each rock counts as a point. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen I, makes no. an appearance in that too, yeah, doesn't that's he? Very yeah. Canadian. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I always thought that was an important part too, like, you know, like coaching juniors and stuff like that. It's just like end of practice here and there, you know, it's like, let's do some trick shots, you know, let's see what we can do. And, you know, you got to keep it fun, right? You got to enjoy you know, you got to enjoy the sport because I think sometimes you get consumed in wins and losses and, you know, you, you got to enjoy going to the curling club. I was mathematically eliminated uh, Wednesday night by uh, Angie Rosted. We had three rocks left to play, uh, none in the, you know, none in the house and we were down four and I, I did a 360 yesterday. So mine was not as good as Jeff's though. <laughs> Yeah, have fun with it. We'll have to get some video of that one next time on you. Oh, yeah. I love doing them. One one more quick trick shot question here, too, because it took the curling world by storm last year. Oh. Uh, have you ever tried uh, the Nicodine Spinner? You know, I, uh, I haven't tried that one. I think when I was younger, we tried a couple – um, Scotty Brown, he could probably, we did that. I think in the club playdowns one year, he tried a spinner a little bit like that. Uh, we practiced it a couple of times, I think like the week prior. So we kind of were thinking about it, but I haven't really tried the Nicodine one. I, I think I got to give her a go here though, just to see if I can uh, even get close. Just, just to try it. Right. That's I, I'm waiting for that day when I get to give it, give it a try. Oh, speaking of uh, yeah. uh, shots that uh, do odd things on the ice. So you were in competitive curling when uh, uh, brooms really took a leap forward too. Um, you know, what was directional sweeping like before they really cracked down on, um, you know, the, the, the pads that people could use? I remember there was a, a year there where it was just put it wherever you want, you know? Man, I, uh, yeah, I wish we'd have taken that a little bit more seriously early on because, like, even when we were younger, like, you know, people would say, like, switch and stuff like that. And whether you knew what that meant or not, they did it. And kind of the idea of it, but we were very much a side-to-side speaker when you're, when you're taught. Like, hey, it's side-to-side. That's the best thing you can do. Yeah, like perpendicular to the direction of travel, right, you're saying? Yep. 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 And then all of a sudden now, like, yeah, those broom heads came out and you were seeing these guys just, like, you didn't even realize, like, they just... You know, again, we were coming up. We weren't we weren't the best at that point. You're kind of seeing these guys make some shots. You're like, holy crap! I didn't think he was even close. You almost didn't even realize it was happening to you. And then as it kind of kind of got more and more um, media attention, and you start seeing more stuff, it's like, well, let's give this a try. And you're like, holy crap! You can really steer these rocks. Yep. And then they, you know, I think within that, by the end of that year, or within the next year, they had it all, you know, shut down and changed over. But I mean, you, you go into some events and you almost feel guilty you know how to do it and you're you're playing a nice surface that allow you to do that with some of those recreational heads it's it's wild but you can make a rock do if you know all the right technique for it so yeah. it was it was a good change that was needed um you know but this, you know at the same time it's still good you know recreational curlers it kind of helps make them makes a little bit more successful um which should still be a good thing too you know for that stuff but yeah the highest level it's it's unreal what some guys can do with a broom yeah well you talk about keeping it fun too and if you're the kind of person that's you know wanting to get into high performance it, it is fun getting a you know a recreational head and, and actually being able to to see the difference be like oh directional sweeping works okay i'll put in the time and effort yeah. to get better at it you know yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, we made, uh, we made our own like version of a, of a, of a head one time and, and we were on the edge of the eight and we threw it and we curled the rock all the way to the other side of the edge of the eight foot through the exact same draw again. And we backed it up another foot and put that one on the key line. So we had a nine foot, we had a nine foot swing on it there. Yeah. 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 So, um, obviously kind of back to the curling stories and stuff like that, um, You've done a lot with your career already. Whereabouts are you at with with your curling career now? Uh, has it, do you still stay on the high level or doing any big bond spiels, looking at nationals or anything like that for this year? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we um, our team, my uh, men's team, I play, play with Team Conley. Um, a couple guys like Nick Conley and Chris Bond out of they're out of Seattle. Uh, the Granite Curling come out there, and then it's myself and, and Nate Perry. And we're going to be in uh, about a week, uh, a little over a week here. We're going to be in New Jersey or East, East Rutherford uh, for the for the men's national. So it's exciting to be back. But last year we were we were game short. We just kind of barely lost out. Um, so it's a great feeling to be back. It's tough to watch on the live stream when you're not there playing in it, when you get a little used to that. So fun, super excited. I was, I was pumped. We had a great year with the guys. And yeah, I'm looking forward oh, to it. Are, are you planning on practicing at the Ardsley Curling Club over there in uh, uh, Scarsdale before you uh, uh, compete in Jersey at Nationals by chance? Yeah, yeah. Yep, we do. We have a practice schedule there. So I've never been to Ardsley and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see, check out the club too. So last week we interviewed a 16-year-old kid, Carter Medved, who has a, a website he started for curling resources for for other young young people trying to get into the sport. Um, and a uh, real nice kid. He uh, has press passes to do interviews at uh, the men's nationals or the nationals there, you know, and he curls out of the Ardsley Club. So uh, if you run into Carter, uh, tell him, Wes and Nolan, say hi. Nice guy. Awesome. Yes, yes I'll keep an eye out. I'll uh, see if I can find him there. Uh, and not only you're not only curling at a high level, you're also coaching quite a bit this year too, as well. If I if I remember correctly from when we chatted when you were here at the club here. Yeah, yeah. I just um uh just got back on uh, on Monday. I was uh coaching uh, Team Fitzgerald, uh, the North Dakota team, um U eighteen nationals, uh in uh the Rock Creek Curling Club in uh in Colorado there. Um great time. Um uh, those kids are great. I've been coaching them since they were eight, nine years old and you know, now they're all um seniors in high schools. Uh so it was nice to see what you know what where they started and what they got to and they put a ton of work in and it's very rewarding to see um you know especially like starting at a younger age like you know they had and and it's just like you know a lot of people can get very good at the sport if they dedicate some time and um those guys definitely dedicate a lot of time and it's it's good to see what the all their efforts pay off yeah right on how was that i know you're excited to head out to that club too is it was it pretty sweet gorgeous curling club um Sean Stevenson and, and Mimi Stevenson built that uh, built that club recently, and it was a incredible place. It's really nice when you get done with your game and you go up to the go upstairs and have a beverage, and you can walk out on the balcony and you're you're overlooking the Rocky Mountains. Uh, it's a it's a nice view, a little bit a little bit of a change from North Dakota and the in the prairies here. So um, yeah, very nice. Awesome. I, I wanted to piggyback on that one about clubs. Um, yeah, and Evan, there's just so much to talk about here. I don't know if you're on a time constraint, um, but uh, you know, if you got to go get back to the bond spiel, let us know. Um, what's your what's the favorite venue you've ever curled at? You know, if you've done these big comps, you know, I'm assuming some of them were uh, in stadiums. You know, that uh, maybe it was hockey ice that uh, came in and got professionally repaired. Um, so that's a different experience. Than anything I've done, uh, favorite club, you know, anything like that, um, especially memorable. Oh man, these are all great questions. I gotta, I can't just ever pick just one. Um, I gotta always highlight a couple each time. So I would say favorite curling clubs. Um, I really love the Grafton Curling Club. Um, my wife's from up there. I love going there. I love all the people there. Um, I still cool haven't club. made it there. Is that that's a a, a, a domed um, like Quonset Club? Are they two or a three sheet? Am I am I getting yeah. them confused with uh, Fortuna or something? Uh, no, four sheet, it's four sheet curling club, oh, nice building, okay. Um, okay. three levels, you know, sauna in the basement and, you know, um, it's cool. I love, uh, yeah, I love a curling club. It's just, oh man. They do. Yeah, they do. It's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. we've, uh, we've, we've, we've dabbled in the sauna. We had to, we had to, we had to try it out just to make sure it all still worked and everything. So it was, it was fun. Kind of nice to do after, uh, being on the ice and 
get a chance to warm up a little bit. Um, I grew up so around a lot of Finns, so saunas were real common in northern Minnesota. Yeah, popular. Okay. I'm, I'm a sauna yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah. Good deal. You'll have to, yeah, you have to get out there. Um, love that one. I love the St. Paul Curling Club, 100-year-old curling club. Um, it's always nice to go there. People are great. And then uh, my last year juniors, we were fortunate enough when we made the, the national there, we were up in Fairbanks, um, Alaska, and, you know, fun club and a lot love it up there. Um, a bunch of North Dakota people actually seem to go to Fairbanks, Alaska, for whatever reason that is. Um, so uh, that's probably like my top, uh, my top three clubs, like curling clubs I like to visit. Um, God, stadiums, arenas. Uh, Man, uh, that's a good question. I had a great experience just in general. Um, we were out in uh, Cheney, Washington for the men's national a few years ago. I was on the campus of Eastern Washington. It was cool, a lot of cool foot traffic. And then uh, a few years ago, we made the Olympic trials. Um, so we were down in Baxter at the Baxter Arena in Omaha. That was just cool because, you know, what you're doing, big arena. Um, it's nice to put those big arenas. It's just a totally different atmosphere, different experience. You just wonder how they can keep ice out there cold at when it's 60 degrees out there. Um, yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah. that's cool. But I, it'll be interesting this year. Um, the men's nationals is at the American Dream Mall there in East Rutherford. So it's like the, what, the second biggest mall in America. So it's like Mall of America's like sister mall or something like that. I was, I was told. So that'll be a, uh, I'm looking forward to this venue to see how that's like. That might vault the number one. That's that's going to be interesting. Ice conditions. I I imagine they 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 got it down to a T. But I remember when I was up in Edmonton, they had a skating rink in the middle of the in the middle of the West Edmonton Mall, and it's like I just I don't know how that works. I was just watching yeah. YouTube videos last night of them converting hockey arenas for competitive curling, and uh, it's it's quite the process. And what I'm impressed Oddly with satisfied. is they do it, yeah, and they do it in like a couple of days, mm-hmm. you know, usually because they're under time constraints, and you know, to get that quality mm-hmm. of ice out of it, you know, it's like you give us a month here, you know, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's okay, you know, I like yeah. our ice, you know, I put a lot of work into it, but you know, it's not world class. <laughs> we can be honest. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no, the ice crew's great. Uh, it's cool. The head ice maker, Sean Olson, he's you know originally from Fargo. So um, he's taught, he taught me a bunch about ice making when I at least managed the curling club in Fargo. Um, so he'll have it ready to go. Him and his crew, they do a great job and I'm looking forward to it. And um, I know they're going to put out a good, good product for sure. Yeah. I was just watching his videos. Uh, he prefers the same pebble heads we do, the ice master ones that uh, uh, George used to rep there. So yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I was like, Oh yeah. I, I like those ones too. It's the only ones I've ever used. <laughs> Um, so I'd like to transition here a little bit to talk about your work in curling. Um, you know, I, I know a little bit of the history there, but, uh, you know, you come to our club here and we, we really appreciate you, uh, making the trip out every year and, uh, getting supplies to our members. Um, you know, as a a board member, I, I like when, uh, not everybody's using the rental equipment all the time. You know, you, you go to a league night and the broom bucket shouldn't be empty. You know, most of them should have their own equipment. Um, so, so thank you for that. And I'd like to learn more for our, our viewers here. Yeah. Um, no, it was something that, um, I'd always kind of wanted to do when I was younger. I think, uh, oh, it was probably only a couple of years out of college and, um, you know, Dakota curling supplies, uh, George Phillips out of Langdon, he'd had it and he was kind of looking to, looking to move on. And my dad and I went and looked and just wasn't quite ready for it. Like he wasn't quite ready the time, like the right time for us, um, to do that. And we just didn't quite, quite get her going. And then, um, probably like 2019 um he ended up selling that to uh to a couple on the twin cities yep um uh, paul and darcy Ellaby, and they kind of gave us a call and they're like hey you know 
something he kind of said, I'm going to do in that area. You know, it was a little bit far for him. And um, talked with my wife, Rachel, and I was like, hey, do you something we kind of want to maybe do a little bit on the side. You know, I got asked all the time, like, Hey, you know, how do I get this? And how do I get that? You know, curlings, you know, curling supplies aren't the easiest always to get at times, you know, you can, you know, always find them online now, but, um, you know, I think it just took a little bit for the supply side to catch up to the whole online side of it. Well, that's uh, new too. Even, even like five years ago, it was a lot more of a challenge to get stuff down the States. You know, if you weren't getting it from yeah. somebody local like George, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, was, we were like, yeah, sure. Let's give it a try. And, um, kind of did it. And it was like the COVID year. So I was, you know, it was kind of hit or miss with COVID, you know, sometimes some, some curling clubs really had nothing else to do. If they were open, great. People wanted stuff. They weren't doing a whole lot else. And, um, but you know, there wasn't a whole lot throughout the country. So it was like, man, this is, you know, this is, this is what it is. And, um, you know, it seemed like each year we'd get a little bit more people got used to us kind of, kind of going around here and there selling it and, um, you know, getting used to seeing stuff online, which was great, you know, um, made it a little bit easier to get stuff over to people if you didn't, if you couldn't quite make it to the curling club. And then, uh, um, this year, uh, just decided, Hey, this is the, this is the year. And, um, it was great. Had full support, you know, from my wife, she's like, yeah, if you want to do this full time, you know, let's go for it. And, um, you know, it's kind of what I've really dove into this year. Um, I inherited, uh, or work with George Phillips. He, he was still kind of doing like the, the equipment side of things with rocks and, yep. and, um, you know, blades and machines and stuff like that. And, and, um, we're kind of transitioning over. I'm going to take that over from him as he kind of starts to enjoy some bit of the retirement life. And he's been fantastic, um, helping me out with all that stuff and navigating the, you know, the border crossing and getting equipment, this, and, you know, from here and there. And, and I know it's been fun. I, I, um, I know I we're interviewing sure. you. Do you, do you remember how many years George has been running that? I want to say it's like 60 plus, right? He's been selling curling equipment in the North Dakota for like 64 years or something wild like that. Man, I I don't know quite that, but it, it's a lo- it's yeah, been a long time. Long I mean, time. I still, I st- I think I still have every piece of curling equipment I ever got from George from when I was younger. I mean, <laughs> um, heading up to Langdon and meeting him at his uh, his restaurant and getting some stuff out of the back. It was it was cool, and I I, I love throwing supplies. I, you know, it's a sport I love to do. So, um, he's been great. You know, working with me. Um, just helped me through a lot of different things like that. So I'm excited. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to, how much I'd love being in the curling club every day. And it's, it's been great. Like I love talking about things and helping people out, um, in a sport that I really like to play. So, um, it's been great. I really have enjoyed it so far. I got to say on the equipment side of things, you, uh, toe dip my shoes for me two weeks ago when you were here. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I always understood what toe dip did and I, I figured that it, you know, it worked to some extent, but I was like, ah, you don't need it. You don't need it. My first game out, I was probably taking 30% off my rocks. Like the first couple I threw in a game, you know, I actually had to put both knees down cause I started catching up to the rock after I let go of it. <laughs> I, uh, I did this drill with Charlie Young, um, like a month ago where we held onto the rock and we tried to slide as far as we could holding good position and see how far you'd get you know like a form check um and i could only make it to like you know 10 feet in front of the hog line and charlie was hitting the backboards and uh my my first time out i hit the hack on the far end with the toe dip huge difference i'm i'm sold man sold you did a great job good. with it so good good man i was i was like yeah you're like you have to let me know so i'm happy you told me yeah it's, it's definitely a game changer for sure so yeah like you can throw that if you're the high hard one now. If you're a knee dragger, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I at least curl with good enough form to not have my knee on the ice. So, yeah, it's 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 helped my game. So, yeah, still getting used to it, but really like it. Uh, custom shoes, too. Um, how did you uh, break into custom shoes? I, I kind of assume it's because you wanted to start making your own. And then you were like, well, I'm, I'm doing the work and curling thing. Let's, you know, let's let's get some more out there. Um, what's that like? You, you enjoy that process? You get satisfaction out of it? or? Um, yeah, I do. It's um, 
you know, it's always cool, unique. I, you know, love selling, you know, I had probably how many different pairs of curling shoes when I was younger. It seemed like something different each year. This one's cool. This one's cool. And I think it just didn't quite like, I, I just wanted a new pair of shoes every year. And like, you know, like uh, styles didn't quite change. It's probably my style. Like I've just always wanted something new and unique and, and you know, curling shoes are still a great thing um, for sure. So, but yeah, I, uh, I, I found some shoes I liked and, and I was like, Hey, these made, and I got my first kind of initial pair made by Ashram. And then I was like, kind of looking at it, like, I think I can do this. And then it kind of just took a, took a swing at it, made my own and people thought that was pretty cool. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I can, you know, I can make yours. And it just kept snowballing from there. Um, then all of a sudden I'm selling crowing supplies and I think the shoe stuff kind of went right along with it. And I've gotten much better over the years. Uh, I might apologize to some of those early pairs I did for some people. Um, but now I, I feel like I got it, got it down pretty well. And now having all this time in the, you know, only focusing on crowing supplies, like I, I do enjoy it. I love seeing the different kinds of unique shoes. I don't know if I was talking to somebody there. Someone wanted like light up shoes or something like that curling. Um, I always thought that'd be kind of cool. So it'll be interesting to see what else comes uh, comes we, across here in the next couple of years. We got a guy that curls in Crocs, and I, I kind of wanted to ask you to make a, a set of curling shoes for him because he's been with our club like five years, and he's still curling in Crocs with a step-on slider. And I was like, I, yes. I bet I could get Evan to make some Croc you yep. know, like curling shoes for him. And, yep. Yeah, yeah, we might we might 100%. follow up with that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> please, I uh, I've always wanted I always wore Crocs around the curling club when I was like the manager because it was easy on and off. I got the thermal Crocs, you know. You got yeah the fur line ones. Right? Yeah. yeah 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 so i will happily make a pair of crocs i might make a pair um for myself to go along with those for sure so, shoot, shoot um, me a quote when you're not busy we'll we'll talk yeah. <laughs> sure, <that's, laughs> sure thing. um all right well just while we're on the topic of shoes too i mean obviously there's a bunch of different kinds of sliders there they vary in thickness things like that uh what's what's your opinion on on stainless steel and uh, the plastic discs or plastic sliders depending on if it's a full foot well, what do you prefer and uh, what do you, what do you think is better or do you think it just kind of depends on the ice conditions you're curling on? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, it was, it, you know, I was always kind of told at a younger age, it, it depends on the ice conditions and you know, like Asham made their shoes, you know, super modular with their rotator uh, sole and stuff like that, where you could rip them, you know, you can pull the one off through Velcroed on, you could put on a, you know, maybe a slower one if the ice was super fast and like that. Well, I didn't like the thought of having to change that all the time. So um, when I first went up and visited George Phillips, I, I was like, I want the fastest ones. I want these stainless ones. You know, that's what I want. He's like, all right. And I went from the thinnest sliders you could have to the fastest ones. And man, that was a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the stainless. I've had them since I was, you know, 16. So I don't know, for a lot of years now. Um, and I liked it because I didn't notice, you know, I didn't notice frost on the ice. I, it just felt the same for me anywhere I was at. So it was an easy adjustment. It wasn't super thick on there. Um, I tried the, I tried the Teflon, you know, the quarter inches, the fastest ones still great. Still, still plenty fast. I mean, probably very similar speed to the stainless even. Yep. I just didn't quite like the feel underneath my foot. Um, what I recommend stainless, I mean, not necessarily for everybody, you know, you gotta, you gotta take care of them. You gotta make sure you're cooling them off. You don't want to melt anything into the ice. You know, your ice makers are going to let, you know, going to give you some hell if you, yeah. if you're putting rings or any, you know, marks in the ice and, you know, as a person that's done ice, you know, a bunch, like I, I can feel that and they work hard on that. And so you gotta, you gotta treat that well. And, but quarter inches, I mean, that's it's always been a big recommendation of mine. Anybody that, that moves on to that. Um, yes, they're fast, but you know, I always say if you're going to, you know, if something you want to do, yeah, the first couple games are going to be a little quick for you or a little slippery, but, um, you settle in, I think it's easier on your knees. I'm um, having something a little bit faster. They're, they're pretty durable. Um, 
So if you're thinking about making that change, making that upgrade, yeah, I absolutely recommend, um, you know, those quarter inch, you know, Teflon. If you want the stainless, absolutely got those, get them for you. Um, they last a lifetime. I still have the same ones I had when I was 16. Um, and they've been good to me. So, yeah. yeah. So, Growing up curling in, in rural Saskatchewan, it's, uh, we, we had a lot of frost on ice. And I remember the first time I tried a stainless slider and it was a world, I felt like a snow plow going down the ice. <laughs> Just, I couldn't see it, but I just pictured this frost shooting out the side of my foot. It was a world yeah. of difference, but uh, now I'm more of a more of the Teflon kind of guy. Oh, I just the old curling club we were at in Fargo. Um, you just you couldn't get the rock down the ice. You know, we were younger, and I was like, I want to, you know, I, again, I want to be like Jeff Stout, and I want to throw, you know, big heavy weight. And they're like, well, your sliders are slow, and so um, yeah, I got the fast ones, and man, there was some learning curve there. But man, it was I just, can't uh, imagine I going it. from a like a three thirty second to a stainless man. I because uh, that's where I started, right? You buy your shoes, and they just come with the thinnest, cheapest one on there, and you use it, and then yeah, you you can figure out your form, and you start getting thicker and thicker. And I I worked my way up to quarter inches, and and then went to a stainless but uh yeah I, I i picture that first day yeah i fell you know my, my first time out with the stainless so <laughs> it happens yeah so just just before we we finish up here because like i said we don't want to hold you up too long yeah. um i did want to ask just with with running work and curling full-time now what's been one of your favorite parts about about having that going full-time is it being able to travel around to a bunch of different clubs or, or do you get a bunch of cool prototype stuff that manufacturers might send you to, to try out? Is there something like that that's kind of been your favorite part of this? Sure. Yeah, I, I love, I do love going to curling clubs. I, I get to see a different side of it. You know, I, I love playing in bond spiels, you know, but you, you do start to see a lot of similar people, which is great. You know, that's one side of it. But like being in the club and, and seeing just like the casual member that, you know, they might not. You know, they might not travel the bonds because you know I mean, never meet these people. Um, so, you know, some of you're just hanging out on a Tuesday night, and, you know, and you know, mine on North Dakota, you get to meet a lot of cool, interesting people. Um, and I love it. And I look forward to going back each year to see those, you know, same people and see how they're doing and and how much like maybe something they got, you know, like, hey, how are those new curling shoes treating? It's like, I love it, man. I, you know, like even Wes saying that toe dip was great. Like, I love it. You know, I you like hearing that. And I love to see people improve um, their game. I just think it makes the game better. Uh, you know, makes curling in the state, you know, and in general, just that much better. So um, it's something that is really rewarding to see some people just improve with just some of that stuff. No, it is. I can, I can see that sense of satisfaction. You know, I get, get a similar one from uh, uh, teach and learn to curls and, you know, running leagues and stuff. So, yeah. Um, I wanted to uh, uh, touch on here. Oh God, I, I'm panicking and blanking on my question. Oh, Evan, <laughs> our, our outdoor event. Can we, can we plug that? Do you, do you want to give the rundown on it here? Um, Cause I'm, I'm excited for that uh, upcoming event and we can touch on it, I believe. So. Sure. Yeah. We got February 5th. Um, God, I can't say the name all the way. It's, the alley citizens Axel. citizens yeah, alley axel's group, group alley. yep yep and that's yes, the uh, that's friends a, of the yes. club the ackermans we're sitting at the ackerman yes. table at the curling club actually right now oh, yeah yep. yeah yep yes yeah february 5th got to learn to curl out there looking forward to it um putting on uh putting down doing some outdoor curling i love doing that uh it's exciting stuff you kind of get back to your roots out there um but yeah anybody else looking to come on out um come check it out you know you don't have to curl you know have don't have any need any prior experience any equipment or anything like that we'll have all that there for you um give her a go and then um and then then uh in another month or so we're going to have another outdoor actual bond spiel out there uh, to have so it's kind of a nice it's a way to learning it um before the actual bond spiel starts to do some outdoor curling just like they did back in the day when they first started curling 
Yeah, we covered that on our podcast. One of our, our season one episodes was History of the Minot Club. And yeah. yeah, they were out there about 20 years curling on the river. Uh, and then it was natural oh, ice, you know. I just saw that old picture you guys had posted on your Facebook page. That old, old barn. Page. That is wild. I love that. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, there was a, a car dealership used it in the summers for putting cars in there too. So it was multi-use <laughs> space. Here's a fun one too, Evan. So, you know, uh, uh hockey has a, a lot higher profile than curling. Um, but in Minot, North Dakota, uh, the curling club started as the, the curling and skating association, um, where skating was the afterthought. They were put in a curling club and they're like, well, people ice skate. We should do that too. And, uh, there's an article in the paper from like 1906 about how the curling club's going in and are, or like 1914, you know, when they were building the first, um, you know, uh, building for it. And they said probably the first hockey game will be played in Minot shortly after they get that rink done that they're putting in next yeah. to the club. Um, so first wow. hockey game was was curled at the or was played at the curling club. Yep. And, and now the wow. tables have turned a little, but yeah, yeah. Unreal. Both, we're both still here. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Minot, Minot's curling club, what, the second oldest curling club in the state, maybe like by a year? Uh, 1905, first year they 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 did any curling here uh, that we could find. Wow. Um, I believe that we were formally incorporated um, sometime in the 1910s. I'd I'd have to go review the episode of my notes, wow. but uh, yeah. So we always say 1905 is our our start date. Which talking about the St. Paul Club, you know, we're only uh, 20 years after them. They were 1885, um, and then when they merged, you know, that was actually 1912. So depending on how you slice it, there you know, we're an old club, and we were sending people down there to that St. Paul um, big you know, international spiel and stuff. And they were taking the train from Moose Jaw down and yeah, yeah. It's got a, it's got a proud history and that's, that's kind of fun for me. I'm an out of towner. Same with Nolan. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess same with Clay too, you know, but it's a, a lot of history and it's something you feel good about, you know, and you help out and get to be a part of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. What else we got here, man? Let you go party or? Yeah, it's a, you got a big night in front of you now or up for the early draw? What, what draw did you yeah, pull for the uh, morning? I guess we didn't even ask that. That's it. Yeah. What, sorry. What was that? What what draw do you got tomorrow? Did you get the early one or did you get a break? Do you get to sleep in a little bit? Yeah. Well, yeah. We got the nine a.m. or so. Um, yeah, we're done for the night, and then uh, yeah, I'll be back at the club. You know, I'm gonna be in the early morning. Kind of you know, Mark Hildo didn't do the draw yeah. because winners don't curl the early draw at the Minot Curling Club, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. is a good tradition. <laughs> we got we got the afternoon nap draw, so we get to go and uh, play the morning, and then go kind of lay around all day before the night game. Then so, but it's all right. I. Uh, it's fun. It's a good day to hang out with the guys and um, do some curling. All right. Well, well, give give Charlie and them hell for us this weekend too. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, for sure, I definitely will. We'll let you get back to it. Thank you for joining us. Um, and yeah, if you need any new curling gear or anything like that, at working curling working curlingsupplies dot com. Correct. Hmm. Yes, that's correct. Right well, on. Appreciate appreciate awesome. the shout out. Yeah, love to have you back on sometime too. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. All right. Well, All right, thanks, Evan. Have a good, good night. night. Good luck. Thanks. Bye. So what? for our viewers that are here still, Clay had a work call and had to leave us. So. I don't know if it was a work call. Was it a work call or was that – I don't know what he meant by superintendent, and I'm not going to get into it on the podcast because – That's a big word, man. Yeah, I had some wives of the pod – Say they want to be on an episode. I I talked to my wife about that. I yeah. have not talked to my wife about it yet. I actually forgot about it after I told you about well, it. Well, evidently I lied to my wife then because I said the other wives were in. Oh, she initially okay. wanted to opt out and I said, well, I think you should do it. That'll be kind of fun, you know. Kaylee, if you're listening, you're coming on the podcast. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and we we talk. We're gonna uh, do something for them. Widows of the Minot Curling Club. Yeah, because all of shirts. our wives have the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> they never see us. Uh, good episode. Yeah, that's fun to hear about someone that's local. Yeah, to the state at least. Maybe not not Minot, but local to the state, and is curled on many different levels of of curling, high performance clubs, playdowns. Junior curling. There's so many things we didn't even touch on. You know, one of my favorite oh, things God, talking to talk Evan is just talking about, you know, what it's like being part of a, a leadership of a, a curling club, you know, because he was with Fargo in, in some tough years over there. And, you know, now they've they've grown and, um, you know, it's a different experience over there with, with its own set of challenges. And, and that's a topic I, I like talking about, too. You know, that's mostly I'm, I'm on it over here, you know, too. But uh, we didn't even get to his wife, too. He's yeah, got a, he's got an amazing curling family story there. You know, him and his wife uh, competed in mixed doubles and, and have had success in that. And, you know, they, they kind of met through curling, too. So, Just means, yeah, and get him back on. Get no, him back on. Friend of the yeah. pod. And we can hear about how he won nationals and then went to the Olympics. And, uh, uh, you know, we can we can say we interviewed that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I hope Carter interviews him. Too. That'd be awesome, right? I know. I was just tickled that I was like, oh, God, he's going to Jersey. Oh, wow. There we go. Yeah. Should we give Clay a call? Just see what he's good, doing. Good. Give Clay a call. All right. All right. This we'll is going to be our one. thing. Clay's not going to be part of the podcast anymore. He's just going to be our follow up call. <laughs> That's what I feel like we're working to. Well, you know, our viewers are, he's probably going to answer, but, you know, we had a discussion before and said, you know, are you mad at us? Hey, Wes. Clay, are you mad at us? No, I'm not. Okay, okay. Well, well, where did you have to go? You said superintendent, and we're debating if it was a work thing or if it, it was, was the a, school superintendent. A, a no, it was, thing. it was the drilling supervisor. Oh, it was actually work. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. it was good. Uh, well, did the kids get put to bed too? Did you two birds with one stone there? They're getting put to bed right now. What time is your kids' yeah, bedtime? They're up late party yet. Jeez. They, are, they do have a late bedtime. It's yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah, 945. Yeah. Yeah, right about now. Goodness gracious, it's almost midnight on the East Coast. Leia, Leia is impossible to put to sleep. I bet my wife's in bed already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to Brett Tennis downstairs, and I said, yeah, we're doing the podcast. It's starting after my bedtime. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. little bit. That's what you got to do, though, to get something like Evan on. You know, he, yeah. he is oh, yeah. legitimately a really busy so guy. Busy. It's like we're trying to work the outdoor yeah. curling thing with him, too, you know, and it's, it's, it, the scheduling's uh, tough, you know, especially with all the travel, you know, like in Denver, back in Fargo, Jersey. So, uh, where did you lose us, Clay? Did you uh, get to hang in there and hear a, a decent bit? Or we did you ask did, your question. Oh, you did? Okay, good. I, what did he say on that one, by the way? Uh, kind of a mixed review. It's whatever you're comfortable with. He does recommend oh. thicker sliders for sure. Yeah, and I, I think part of it, because actually me and Nolan had talked with him, uh, whatever, two weeks ago when he was here doing equipment about steel sliders as well. And uh, yeah, he, he thinks they're they're fine and great. And he personally uses one and likes them. Um, you know, not for everybody, obviously. And and he did touch on the point I wanted to make um, was that as, as someone who does ice, you know, you don't want new curlers and steel sliders, like even if they can handle the speed. Because they're going to leave rings out there. They don't cool them down right, you know, and you'll you'll have other issues. Yeah. But yeah. Well, it's yeah. like wearing steel spikes on the golf course, right? The greenskeeper's going to absolutely murder you. I've gotten kicked off of three different golf courses for not wearing shoes on greens, by the way, too. So it's not just spikes. You, huh. know, it's, it's, you don't want it your barefoot be, out there. It might just be you. It might just I'm, be I'm, me, too. <laughs> you know? We still live, by the way. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Well, we, we're, oh. we've never been live, but we are recording, yes. We are recording. Okay. Yes. No, that's what, I, and I would I would completely agree on the on the on the thicker sliders. I was just uh, 
yeah, always been curious if it's worth getting the steel ones or what the real benefit was, or if it, or if it was more of a carryover from from a time when they didn't have the thicker. Well, I think is there it, was definitely a, there was definitely a time when you know they they were the best thing out there by by a long stretch because you didn't have all the high quality plastics and you know you could have stainless steel um, and and back in the day with all the frost you know and doing lift deliveries like you you wanted the speed you know um, I, I think now and I, I discussed with Evan was uh, the other week was that I think quarter inch slider that's brand new is pretty equivalent to a steel slider you know and what I've why I like the steel slider those I'll never have to buy another one you know you just rotate it and you move on um, where the quarter inch you know they're plastic and they'll scrape and you got to replace them you know I, so you, I did notice the thicker ones are a lot louder the thicker Teflon one yeah, yeah oh yeah I was going on the ice last night I'm like what the heck is that noise you know? did you just get a new one on yours yeah I bought new discs and you went with the the quarter inch Teflon quarter inch. plastics mm-hmm. yep Yep. That's why we won last night. Yeah, and uh, I, this probably yeah. says something about me. Um, I run a steel on the front and a, a plastic on the back because I don't like my heel being as slippery. You know, so I got a quarter inch on the rear. That's probably three seasons in, and that's that's somewhat intentional for me. But yeah, yeah. well, Clay, fun. We had well, nice- what, a, what other? I, I I lost you right after. Um, it was pretty early on there, actually. Well, for you to but, know what we talked about in this episode, I might have to tune in. You'll have to be just like the rest of our viewers and tune in. Mm-hmm. One one fun tidbit was the uh, the kid we interviewed last week. There, Carter, um, you know, uh, uh, working's going to Jersey, and uh, he's going to be practicing at that Ardsley club that uh, Carter curls out of. So I'm I'm a little tickled that uh, they'll they'll probably run across each other. Um, I I hope they do. You know, it's a fun little connection. It's it's a small curling world, so I bet yeah. it will happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, coming up on the pod, I believe we have Curling for the Cure because that's next weekend. Yes. Yes, we got to get them on. And I have one scheduled, two for Sunday after youth curling, different one. Okay. So there's that. We Did also you... have uh, Winterfest coming up soon, so they'll be on. Yeah. Were we going to double them up? Uh, you think we'll double them up? Yes. Okay. Um, we'll so double them up. We'll yeah. have two different it, sets of guests. There is overlap between those two groups. Um, yeah. Nolan, have you selected your bartending outfit for curling for the cure yet? You know, I, I re- you can borrow. I requested just bow ties. The Chippendale uniform. Yeah. Solid. Maybe some spray paint. Put some abs. Make sure you put the tip jar out if you do that. That's the meat raffle. <laughs> <laughs> Clay, I wish you would have been here to see that reaction. Oh my goodness gracious. I almost swallowed my cup. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> oh geez. It's uh, getting late. <laughs> same it's the same jar. Honestly, it's the same jar. I just same didn't jar. change the sticker. So, oh it is. We do have one that says meat raffle that we use for tips. God, that was a that was a double on that was a triple on top. Yeah, yes, a, I broke yes. the fourth wall. Oh my god! A, I don't think that's what that means. There's there's no video here, but yeah, no, it, it'll be fun. We we got a lot of good stuff coming up at the Curling Club here, so stay tuned. Uh, we'll make sure we keep you updated, and uh, <laughs> obviously, we're going to be entertaining as we do it. I don't think we lost any audio this episode either. We so didn't. No, I kept an eye on her. It was doing pretty good. It was because you reminded me when I was. Putting, making the file to record on to put one, one take, take in one there. Take. Yep, yep. yep. Clay, you got anything you want to add? Do you got anything coming up that you, you wanted to touch on? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Just a lot of events coming up. So, yeah. so many. Yep. 
All right. Get them as they come. Oh, we talked about getting the wives on, Clay. Have you talked to Beth yet? Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. Was she in? Yeah. That was her idea. Of course she's in. I, I figured as much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That yeah, was her idea. Sorry, Beth. Um, we're gonna, I forgot. We're going to make them shirts. Widows. Widows of the Minot Curling Club. Yeah. What about just bow ties? <laughs> I, I don't know no. if my wife would... Would wear a bow tie. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I'll go home and ask. I don't know. It's not the neckline I think Kaylee's going for. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All well, right. It's Perfect. been good. That was episode nine. Uh, thank you very much to Evan Working. WorkingCurlingSupplies.com. WorkingCurlingSupplies.com. Thanks for Clay for calling in. Uh, maybe he'll be back if he actually likes us. I don't know. We're still deciding. <laughs> we still got your mic, Clay. We're ready. Sounds good. All See right. you guys. All Until right. next time. Bye.